Hey, yo, what it do, man? Hey, it's your big homie, Bobby Dollars, man. I want to welcome y'all to Triple OG Podcast. Hey, I finally got an opportunity to catch up with my bro, man, Brew Hefner, man, Brew M. Hefner on Facebook. You know, uh, me and him had a long, beautiful talk, man, about the fans, the city, OKC, all of that great stuff, man, the NBA, just life in general. I really hope y'all enjoy it. Check it out. Um, he, gone, he ain't on Twitter right now, but he's on Set Up a Handle, man. And I would love for all my followers to follow my brother, man, because his insight is just as insightful as mine. So I know you guys will enjoy him just as much as uh, I love my bro. And, um, hey, it's all good, man. Check it out and enjoy. I appreciate your time. Bro, what's up with it, man? How you doing this morning? Yo, yo, what's happening with it? Chilling, man. Sitting here um, watching Captain Marvel and shit. Still sitting here tripping off of this dang on game from last night. That's about all. I'm sitting there watching all the shit talkers talk shit. Oh, man. It is horrible, bro. It is horrible. It's horrible. It's horrible, man. It's like... It's like your favorite relative passing away and everybody that hated him just showed up out of nowhere at the funeral, bro. talk some shit. You know what I'm saying, man? <laughs> and drink, smoke, and shit talk over how mad a motherfucker you was. Yeah, up. man. It's, it's a horrible situation, bro, because I'm like, I don't know, man. Like, I'm kind of taken back by it all. And to be absolutely honest with you, I kind of feel like in my in the back of my mind, and I know it's not true, but I feel like all this shit was so scripted, bro. Like like that shot he made, that the way he walked it down, and it was like 10 seconds left, and he just ran the clock out. And, you know, the way I couldn't understand for the life of me how we got 30-some-odd seconds left in every time Russ touched the ball, he just took off towards the rim. Nobody was passing the rock. Nobody was running the... I mean, like, run the clock out. Like, you got a you got a six-point, seven-point lead. Your life on the line. Run the clock out. You know what I'm saying? Just, you get 24 seconds. Run the clock out. Take the shot. If you don't get it, fight for the offensive rebound. You get 14 more seconds. That's 30, 38 seconds off the time right there. Game would have been over. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and it just it just blew my mind, bro. Like some of the decision making, um, I think Billy, Billy, man, I like Billy a lot, bro. He's a great coach. Well, no, he's a good coach. He's a great college coach, but he's a good coach, and he's still in his learning and developmental phase, man. And I really feel like with that happening, and him uh, trying to coach superstars and vets like he is, it's really affecting the way they move the ball and how they play the game. Like, I think Billy should have been like Luke Walton and was an assistant coach to the Thunder for a couple years and then came in as head. You know what I'm saying? And then came in and took over. Yeah. Right. Right. It would have made more sense, man, because I don't know, man. Like, I commend him for being able to do what he did, especially after losing one of the biggest players in the world. But behind that, his rotations and his his decision making is a step behind the game. You know what I'm saying? Like, I like think he's still he's still trying to play with that that old mentality of having a big and you know and yeah. all of that stuff. That and it's not really where they stretching the floor or where they where you got shooters. You got people who clearing that that lane out and all of that stuff. So he used he used to the old setup where he thinking everybody attacks attacks attacks. And they was attacking the basket, but at the same time, they were still shooting. They was putting up shots. And if you ain't contesting shots good, and the, and the other team is steady knocking them down and you ain't contesting them, yeah, them points gonna creep creep away, that lead gonna creep away, or that deficit gonna be bigger and bigger. Right. You know? And yeah, it, it was so, so dramatic. You couple that with people's shots ain't falling, you know that just that just that to me it's just a it's a it's a, it's one of the things of your your A and your your uh, A A stars or your A players your superstars on your team when when they both having an off night what's your game plan for that what's what happens you know like the, the what was it I think game three it was either game two or game three where they was talking about PG show they was right. talking how he wasn't aggressive and how he wasn't shooting and whatever else. I was like, at least he was still 
engage defensively. Yeah, but yeah. The output of what he, what you've been used to, and the the stuff that got him the the uh, MVP rumors uh, midway the season is the kind of stuff that you. That's what you're looking for him to pull out. You're looking for him to reach back from them them Indiana days when he was. Right. When he was going against LeBron, and he felt like, "Oh man, this is gonna be a, this either gonna be a, a, a one game, and then we out at game five, or we getting swept." You know, yeah. that was the, that was probably the approach when he was with Indiana. Right, so, right. He said, "Well, shoot, man, I signed. I, I told everybody I'm sticking around. I'm I'm at home. I'm go. I'm I'm gonna be here." He probably figured, "All right, I'm with a team who all they needed was a." A me to get over that hump. And right. It's like at the wrong time, they hit a stalemate or they hit a they hit a dry spell or hit a stagnant spot. Because I think that, I figured this series would have been rough or might have been a little tough for them, might have won six games. But I figured they was gonna pull it out, and that would have been a test to show them how they need to play to go deep in the playoffs. Right. You know, yeah. and with. Him and Russ both got that experience of being in the playoffs, at least making it to the playoffs and playing anyway. So you would right. think, okay, now let's put it together. We'll make it over the hump. But, you know, when you got things like a nagging injury, you got things like all off nights, you got, you got junk like, you know, I think Russ still probably reeling in some ways from <laughs> the, the, the last little junk with the media. It's like, man, when I do say something and I do defend myself and I do speak up, y'all want to defend the fame who was saying racist shit to me. So now when I sit here and I don't want to answer y'all questions and y'all clearly see what it is that's wrong, y'all y'all make it up for yourself because you're not finna get my sound like that's the that, yeah. that, that to me is his approach. Or oh, that's the attitude about it right now. It's like, man, I... I'm not finna say what y'all already know. Yeah. What, what y'all want me to do is sit here and bash myself and berate myself, but I'm trying to be everything y'all want me to be. The leader of the squad, the point guard, run this, take charge, show up in games, make plays. How you gonna check all them boxes off and think it, that at some point something ain't gonna go right for you? Right. You, you can't keep thinking everything is gonna, gonna, go, go, gonna work for you or gonna go right for you in the sense of talking to the media, interactions with the players, how's his relationship with every other player? How's him and the other stars on the team? How's the squad? I think the squad is good. You lead yeah, that man. Right, we need to leave our squad alone, bro, for real. We do, right. we do. You you gotta you gotta let the, the, the you gotta let that, that the first off, the, the reaction of, okay, we here, we was in the first round, we was right there. We had a chance to really make this a series. Them opportunities and got away from us. Once you down two one, three one, you got you looking at you you looking at what people felt was impossible for Cleveland to do coming back from three one. Whether it's first round or it's the finals, <laughs> you know it's you still got to come back from a three one deficit, which you expected somebody to have three more flawless ass games or three more noteworthy performances to put them over the hump. Right. You know, that's just, that, that, that to me just ain't, it ain't, everything wasn't all clicking at the same time. That couple no, I, is probably I, part of the, is part of the deal or, or the, the, the plays and the moves that was made. I won't say the coaching as a whole was a bad, was a bad move, but it was just, he wasn't, he wasn't making the switches and the and the the, the changing yeah. of personnel. His rotations wasn't there, man. His his rotations wasn't there. And like, bro, all the years you watch me coach, man, all the stuff that you seen me do, you know, like hell, it never was a time that I would feed the intellect of the crowd or the players by just doing what it is that they want me to do. You know, I was always unorthodox and stepped out the box, but. When I did that, we won. We never had no issues. You know what I'm saying? And change, man, change is inevitable. Change is like uh it's like the key to survival. You have to change in order to progress. And if you're not using rotations and making snap decisions properly, if you're not uh um pulling together a shooting rotation, you know what I'm saying, where you can have all your shooters on the floor with a competent point guard, if you're not using the people and their talent in the same 
you know, in the same, I guess, possession versus mm-hmm. using the talent on defense and then using the shooters on offense. Like, your shooters need to be defensive too. Everybody got to be on the same accord. Everything has to rotate. You know what I'm saying? What you, like, what you're saying is, is maximizing your possession. Like, that's, what is, that's how it has to be. That's absolutely what is, what's going to get us. What's going to get us some points? And it's, and it's like uh, it's like Shaq said the other night after they had lost the other night. He was like, man, he, he felt like a lot of the times where PG and Russ was making plays, he felt like it was hero ball. And I'm like, yeah. it, it helped them in the season. But I think what they got to click in and figure out now is realize, man, we on the same squad. We going to be here for a second, at least another, what, year together, year or so? Right. So, you know, I think what didn't, what they didn't get a chance to probably really clear all of the rumors and all of that mess from was the mellow experiment from last year. Then PG signs, he sticks with the team and it's like, all right, you didn't get people who bought in to the squad has it set at the t- at, at tip off of the season. So now you got... All this, all these people who have speculated and made all these comments and made all of these things, and at different times, they probably shut them up because what folks were saying was dead wrong compared to what you actually saw happen. You saw them win games. You saw them, you know what I'm saying, go on runs where they had wins in a row. You know, you saw... Yeah, I got you, bro. So you said like with all that possessions and, and we were seeing how all that stuff was going on, man, like it'd be right in front of your face and you're absolutely correct. Everything right. is absolutely correct, man. You see, right you seeing, you seeing what's going on. I, I, I get it. I give it to the man that is for sitting there in the media, man. It's just like you don't feel like saying what you, what you either ain't got formed into a good concise thought or a good concise damn statement to make to the media but then right. they get mad when you when they get up and they walk off they get yeah. mad when they sit there and say oh well shh, I'm just here because I have to be yeah. these, what, what, what I think a lot of people fail to realize or fail to think or fail to put themselves in, their, in these people's positions sometimes you try being try, think of being Russell Westbrook and think of how much shit, just like what you said in your video, where you sitting there behind them them dudes and they sitting there and they sitting there with OKC shit on. Yeah, bro. Yeah, man. I either didn't won the tickets, got the tickets given to them, or they didn't spent their cash. However, they acquired the seats to get entrance into the building. How do you find it in yourself to to willingly pay to come and hate? I don't understand it. I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't do it. That that just wouldn't be me, and I damn sure wouldn't want to be a Mister Proud of folks, yeah. bro. You like serious, or you not you you might not be on the same level as far as being a fan, or as far as the experience that they come in to try and have. But you bring it upon yourself to come, and not only this and shit talk, but you sitting there with the team shit on in the state where yep. the team resides. It ain't like you a visitor. It ain't like you on a business trip. You sitting mm-hmm. there a regular Oklahoma City damn resident and your ass can't seem to find it in yourself to try to cheer your team on? Hey, real talk, bro. Like, true story, man. Like, I'm telling you, man, like, it hurt my heart, man. Like, I'm not even from OKC. You know, we we from the Lou. We do what we do here, man, and we we are who we are. And yeah, we ain't got shit to root for. We ain't got a man, team. We ain't, we ain't got, got nothing. Nothing, bro. We ain't had an NBA team in years Yeah. I age and our generation can can really say, man, I remember when they used to play ball and, you know, we, we had ABA team and mm-hmm. stuff like that, but we ain't had no NBA action every other night of the week or four games out of seven, four days out of seven in the week. You, It's a home game going on at the crib. Right, right. Yeah. Well, you can, you can do some overtime at work so you can make it to a basketball game downtown. You know, we ain't, we didn't get that. You're right. We never had that. We don't have that. We got we got to drive to places like Oklahoma, Chicago, shit like that. You know yeah. it. Hell and yeah. Try and catch a game. And that's if a visiting team is coming to one of them cities, because nine times out of ten, it ain't a lot of people who 
or fans of the post uh, Chicago post uh, Michael Jordan Chicago Bulls. And if you right. are, it is because you truly became a fan of the people who play on the squad now. Right, like me, you love the organization. You ain't just tripping off the players. You know what I'm saying? You've been you've been a fan, so mm-hmm. I can say I've known I've known you've been a fan since the KD days mm-hmm. in OKC. Yeah. So that that much I can tell I I can tell you I know from you being a fan here in St. Louis. But to to drive seven hours or so, man, five hundred yeah. miles, bro. Five hundred miles there, five hundred back. Yeah, so the everyday basis to get that chance on a on a every season basis, basically until they uh, seem to be packing up and moving. Yep. You get a chance to go to 82 games for sure, or whatever. How many other games is home games out of an 82 game season? You get a chance to go and be a fan, whether they suck, whether they win, whether they they uh, middle of the pack, whichever way they are. You know, you you still get to go do that. We got to hope for an exhibition game to want to bless our city. Oh. If they want to just come, like, have a nice college game, like the uh, Missouri, so just have a, a, they the had a rally conference and all of that type of stuff, you know, when Final Four stuff getting ready to hit off. But that's right. that's the only thing that, as far as basketball, that gets a draw to the city, other than you being a SLU fan, a Mizzou fan, a, a Southeast Missouri State, or any of these other colleges that's in the state. Yeah, you can go see college ball all day. Everybody probably got any of any range of college ball from division three on up that they can go and catch and go and see right we're talking an nba team and not only an nba team but an nba team that's in the playoffs in your city which means as long as they keep winning guess what you go keep get to keep doing going to games postseason in your arena having that having that revenue come to your city having those outside tourist dollars come to your city because of who they matching up against and you sit there and the, the, the best thing you can do is say why we didn't trade them why we didn't do this and all of this oh, oh check it check it check it though check it true story true story and Stacy, if you listening to this man I was supposed to told you this myself too when me and you talked the other night about the squad hey so I'm sitting in the crowd bro okay it's these other two guys that were sitting on the uh, left side of me on the opposite side of the tunnel, okay? Yeah, yeah. You, you can look right over at them, clear shot. You can see who they was right there. Russ came down, and he hit the three. This was like at the beginning of the third quarter. The crowd went crazy, bro. Like, these guys had on OKC stuff from head to toe. I'm not playing, bro. Like, Thunder jersey. Thunder. Matter of fact, one of them had on a Westbrook jersey, and one of them had on a Steven Adams jersey. And had hats on. They had on the, the – one of them had on the basketball kind of shorts, and the other one had on some blue jean shorts. And, bro, look, Russ came down the court. Dude said um, – dude said uh, uh, um, Russ – don't shoot the ball. Don't shoot the ball like that. And then Russ shot it, and he um, he hit the three. And then his friend said, oh, my God, man, just stop fucking shooting, Russ. Just stop. You're going to fucking make us lose the game like that. And and true to life, bro, on God, Russ didn't shoot no more that game. I ain't lying, bro. Like, on life, we was all so close that if I could hear him say that, I'm shaking. Sure you hear me? And, and on life, bro, hey. On, on Corice and Anaya, bro, Russ didn't shoot that ball no more that game. It was so disappointing, bro. And then, like, another instance was with old boy, you know, he yelling at PG. He yelling at Schroeder. I mean, he telling Schroeder, you suck. Every time you touch the ball, you're on the floor, man. Always on the floor, man. You know, and I'm looking at him. I'm, I'm looking at this little fat dude like, man, you couldn't get out there and hold a candle to none of these boys on this floor. Why is you saying this stuff? And then um, then PG came down. He at the free throw line, right? And PG dribbling the ball. Now, check this out. Now, listen to me. Listen to me, bro. Mm-hmm. PG dribbling the ball, bro. He's straight dribbling. He, 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 in, he in his rhythm and in his sequence. When we were shooting free throws, the crowd would get kind of quiet. Quiet enough to where you could hear an elevated voice, okay? PG dribbling the ball, my dude. He like getting ready to shoot. And then dude grabs the thing. 
from his wife. And she's like, what are you doing? That's my clapper. You know, it's, it's a piece of paper you fold over like a fan and hit it against your leg or your arm or something. And it, it make it sound like a really, really loud clap. So he grabs he grabs this from her. He rolls it over and makes like a, a sound, like a bullhorn or something out of it. And she's like, what are you doing to my clapper? That's not what you use that for. He goes, oh no, they can hear you much better with it like this. And soon as he said that, he turns around and says, PG, are you going to make this free throw? I mean, damn, you never make free throws. What are you going to do, man? You know, like that. And PG looked, kind of looked up a tad bit, man. He looked up for like a millisecond and put his head back down so he wouldn't break his rhythm. And he hit his free throws. Then PG came back down again and he passed it over to Dennis Schroeder. Soon as he passed it to Dennis Schroeder, dude yelled out again, Schroeder, give the ball up. You're not going to make the damn shot. You know, and I'm like, I'm me, man, me and Nikki looking at dude like, what is he tripping on? You know, he drunk, of course. Him and his partner losing their mind. They steady dogging him out. So after a while, bro, I looked at his wife and I kind of shrugged at her and she looked at me. And then she said, she turned around and she took her clapper back and folded it back up like it was supposed to to be and she clapped it on his shoulder real hard and he jumped and turned around and looked at her and she's like hey man get your shit together this dude just drove all the way from St. Louis man to check out our team and root our team on and here you are you know like that and then he just looked at her and then he turned around and looked at me and then he just turned back around and just start like yelling again but this time he was yelling at Portland he wasn't yelling at OKC and then uh, at the end of it all PG had to shoot fouls again. He had two more free throws. When he came up to the line, this time around, she was kind of looking around thinking he was finna say something again, but I said something. And on life, bro, you can ask Nikki. I hollered over at PG. I said, I, you know how I do with all my coaching. I never call him by their name. I, always, I, I would always call him by their number. You know what I'm saying? So I'm hollering out, come on, one, three, we need you to make this free throw like that. And then uh, I said, don't you worry about what nobody else time about in here, bro. I said, we riding with you, man. We riding all the way to the end, bro, like that. And then he looked up. This time he actually looked up. And it was like he kind of glanced up like he was trying to find where it was coming from. But then he put his head back down again. And then he started dribbling the ball and he made both the free throws. And then I said, yeah, one, three, we need them threes. Come on, baby, shoot your, I said, shoot your shot, play your game, you know, like that. And he came back around, hit two more threes, got fouled, hit two more free throws. And then the dude's wife turned around and high-fived me and said, oh my God, I think he heard you, you know, like that. And then uh, and then Nikki said, yeah, yo, uh, big mouth, you know how Nikki, yo, big mouth, you know. <laughs> and, uh, and I said, he probably did. I said, I'm an ex-coach, man, and I'm sure my voice carries enough over the crowd, you know, where people can hear me, you know what I'm saying? And she was like, yeah, I think he heard you, you know, like that. And I just started laughing and her husband was just sitting there looking stupid, all drunk, her, him and his friend. And I'm just saying to myself, like, man, like, if I had this opportunity, bro, to be able to come to games when I felt like it, it could actually come in here and just hang out and watch a game because I, I'm just bored or something. No way in hell I'll pay $600 or something like that for a floor seat just to talk shit. You know what I'm saying? Like that's horrible, bro. That's that's the worst. Man. Mm. I mean, that is that is absolutely the worst, man. And I feel so bad for the true Oklahoma City Thunder fans, man, because they have to sit in the stands and hear that. Like they have to deal with that, bro. You know they got to sit amongst people who, <laughs> I guess, who don't cherish being able to to be in that that setting, man. It's that's that's the thing I guess that I stress is it's like. You, you get an opportunity to, to root for these guys. And these guys do shit around the city, I'm sure, during the season and during the year. Or you might just see, you 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 get the atmosphere of having pro athletes in your, in your city. Right. You know, and what, all we got going on here in St. Louis now, you know, outside of the, the numerous positive things or whatever else, they don't make that national noise. They not, they not, uh, they not what's, current especially for for guys and for sports fans for for nba fans right now you know nba yeah. is is what they geared towards so if you ain't doing nothing but checking highlights on youtube or checking your google feed out or whatever it is looking for scores and see all right well who won who what was the line looking like who had what points and who did what in what quarter and you checking it out that way you watching whole games because you're sitting at home or you rushing home or you you people coming by the crib that's that's what we got here 
We ain't right. got the chance to say, all right, well, man, I'm gonna. Sh- we ain't got tickets to the game, but I'm gonna go down to the bar by the uh, the uh, by the stadium just in case, man. We end up winning tonight, sh- boy. You know it's gonna be live. We ain't, we ain't, we ain't had that feeling. Last time we had that feeling was what? Uh, what was that? The Rams. When we yeah. won the Super Bowl. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I mean, as a as a city. That's the that's the only thing I can equate it to is it's like man I I was talking to a, a blues fan the other right. day standing right. there got on blues everything got the hat on all of this stuff or whatever else I'm like yeah we lost it the other night I'm like man we need to go ahead and pull this one on out right it was like oh man you uh, you in the hockey I said man I tell you like this I don't know who be on the ice I don't know all of them like that or none of that stuff I said but I used to play the video games. And I always rooted for the blues. So I'm like, I'd love to see us hoist that cup one time, either in our arena or on somebody else's shit and bring that bad boy back to St. Louis. Just one time, I want to see that happen before I leave this earth. I said, because from what I hear from diehard hockey fans in St. Louis, that's the that's the epitome of why they go. They like, man, we want to see if we ever going to get a chance and get that close. If we ever going to be able to touch it. And we get deep in the playoffs and we make good runs, but we we always manage to either fizzle out or we just run against good opposition. And the yeah. teams who we always have problems with don't get weak. They don't they don't seem to fall it's off. Like they just seem better, to stay it's like they stay a juggernaut. So yeah. we it's hard for us to break through in that lane. And that's the right. NHL. And the NHL yep. is all over Canada, all over the US. Yeah, you're right, though, bro. I mean, like, hockey is everywhere. It's not something that a lot of, and I'm being honest, at least 60% of African Americans really even give a damn about. Uh, they they don't, unless you recognize or notice a couple of black players that a squad got. Right. And shoot, the Blues have had what? A couple guys, I think there was a couple guys, it was a mixed guy, it was one guy who was all black, full fledged black. Not trying to be racist or nothing or sound racist, but right, right. You don't recognize the the black players until you see them without the helmet and you see them do interviews, and they're not the stars of the of the squad. Right. Think about if we had a few uh, NBA players who roaming around. You know what I'm saying? Are they, yeah, man, it's the home tonight. You know and we in the playoffs. Right. Think of the atmosphere that that brings to your city, and they and they like the capture. Well, they don't like they ain't too arrogant or too standoffish and act like they don't they can't be with the people. You, right. They, yeah, I remember you, man. Yeah, I remember you was uh you was behind the goal, such and such game, da 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 da, because of the crazy shit you wear, the crazy get-ups you wear. They we got fans who do it for baseball and for hockey. You got some yep, wildest people. You go to you go to the Cardinals game. You see some of the wildest folks and some of the wildest get-ups when we winning and it's deep into the season, and we looking at going into the playoffs. You them people turn the fuck up for the yep. So when you go to a when you go to your what your favorite team city is, and you get a chance to go in that arena. Boy, just think of the think of the feeling. I could just imagine probably the feeling you had, and I wasn't there, but just sitting there looking at the video and listening to you explain the situation. I'm just sitting there like, boy, I said, shit, I felt this off because I'm like, shit, it ruined my damn experience. Because right. I am, I'm coming from miles away, taking time out of my day, my schedule because I'm a fan and because I got the opportunity to go. Yep, and you know shit. Yeah, you 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 know how my schedule works. My schedule's so messed up. All the shit I have going on. Yeah, you and you hate. Man, don't nobody want to see that. That's what kills me with a lot of these cities who, who shit talk. They they bad team. When we had the Rams, they was bad for years and years and years in between the the success and in between the promise of glory. Right. At least we knew. Somebody coming here to play them, or they off playing somewhere. You know what I'm saying? And we could claim them as a team. Yeah. I got jackets, hats, coats, jerseys, all that shit right now. I say St. Louis Rams, everything. 
And I tend mm. to believe that's the reason they didn't get the hoisted trophy up last year uh, uh, at the Super Bowl. It wasn't for them to win. <laughs> so yep. it's just it's just like man, you 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 have a you have a team when you do a city dirty. As a team, if you move away from that city or you thinking of moving, you think think of how the Golden State fans fit in the field. Huh. Think of this that's the that's the context I can put it in. Instead of me yep. shit talking about the Rams and them moving away from that, we're we keeping basketball. Think of how Golden State fans fit in the field. Yeah, it's gonna the, it's gonna it's gonna be fans, the fans who pumped them up and put them there and who've been rooting for these championship years. They getting they getting it pulled away from them, snatched away from them, and a whole other city has got a hope that the success carries on. So they yeah. can get so they accept it in instead of saying, "Oh man, shoot, they came to Frisco, man, they they became losers, or they did this, <laughs> they, they put the squad up." You know that's how it go. Mm-hmm. You know that's how it go. Everybody here in St. Louis felt that way when they went when the Rams went back to L.A. Didn't nobody yep. really want to see the Rams do good because they like, man, they not here. Right. I ain't gonna go to another city and just all of a sudden turn it around. That's just. Yeah, I mean, That's just I mean, I knew, I, I knew I was a Philly fan. I've all, you know, I've always been a Philly fan since the yeah. uh, Randall Cunningham days. But St. Louis always was my second team, and you know, I always had me a St. Louis hat, jersey, something. You yeah, know what you I'm know saying? It. You always keep it hometown, whether that's your team or not. And true fans have their team. Shit, my brother's a Raiders friend, a fan. Man, ain't he though? He's been a Raiders fan since I was born. When I came in, he was a Raiders fan. You hear me? <laughs> Talking about this only one nation. <laughs> I, I didn't have no uh, control over that. You think I'm a swim? You think I'm gonna change his judgment now? Man is 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 damn near fifty years old. Right. I can't change him. I can't tell him that man. It ain't black and gray. It ain't Raiders Nation. You know. Right. Yeah, I I thought he was talking about the Nation of Islam when he used to say that. I didn't know where. <laughs> <laughs> no, man, he just he a diehard Raiders fan, and you yeah. see them. They don't win. You see, right. he'd be pissed at some of the trades and some of the moves because they've been the same type for years. From oh, years. But he stayed, he stuck with him. He stayed with him. He he watched the Super Bowl, but he ain't got a dog in the fight. Mm-hmm. Other than betting somebody just to contradict who they pumping up. Right. Oh, man, oh, man. They stay here. They stay here. I'm telling you, girl, they going to do it. I'm telling you, I bet you down place some bets with the Patriots just because. Say <laughs> <laughs> something different. But you look at it in basketball terms. You look at it like that. You, you've got these teams who have moved cities over the years, and the people who was their fans in that old city, you got some folks, they still are that team's fans. Yep. They yep, still, been a fan for 40 years, yep. Still ride with that team. You think about, the, look at the Chicago fans for the uh, Chicago Cubs. When they finally won the World Series, man. Yep. You know, it was the, it was, it was the, 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 uh, it was the lifelong dream of some of them, them fans, man. I think one, it was an older man, man. He, I think he died not shortly after. They won that year. Right. It was like, man, I can finally go in peace. I just seen my team win, win, win the world. <laughs> I'm like, gee, that is crazy. Long but, time fan, bro. Real long time. To know you had them kind of diehard fans, man, it's hard to sit next to a person who you hear just openly, just constantly hating and berating every little part of the team. And I get it, that's their opinion. But it's like, man, you can show it in a lot of other ways other than I'd rather you not be a fan at all. I'd rather you not be here at all. I'd rather right. you sit at home watching from the comfort of your home and you pay for your own TV viewing than to be in the midst of people who trying to give them that energy, give them that right. that, that, right. that, that That's what I'm saying. Yeah, I'd be trying because to give them that energy, bro. Keep going in the postseason. Do you know what postseason dollars mean? For the city, do you know what winning the title means for that organization? 
that's the kind of stuff that you kind of got to look at and get behind. You're looking at folks in their jobs. You're looking at folks and and people who taking time and taking money away from shit to spend to come for this experience. The shit ain't in 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 these arenas and stadiums ain't cheap. Right. It ain't, it ain't doing nothing but getting higher. They charge you ten dollars. Ten or eleven dollars, if I ain't mistaken, for a tall can at at, uh, at Bush Stadium. Bro, a bottle of water was four dollars and fifty cents, and that wasn't even the problem. That wasn't even the problem. You know what the problem was? It was Dasani, bro. Like, how you gonna make me pay five dollars for some Dasani, bro? Like, oh my god. Um, <laughs> you could have gave me a vault for this much. Or you know what I'm saying? Or at least gave me Ice Mountain or something. Like, ride with your boy. Damn. <laughs> You know, give me the Sunny. Is is it because it's blue? Because the the paper ball on the on the bottle blue? Is that why? Oh Lord, I don't know, bro. I I didn't even buy it. The they cut the biggest check to the NBA. That's all that is. Man, it blew my mind. That's just what it be. But it's it's those kinds of things that I look at, man. With with mm. being a fan, like it's cool for a kid. And it's cool for people who are younger to act like you don't understand the 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 system. Of an organization, or the, the how it how they work, how it runs, how how this takes care of this, takes care of this, takes care of this. Right. When you look at a successful organization, when you look at a winning organization, and they've been there and they've been consistent in that same space for a number of years, you got to think about that would be like because they ain't winning, Oklahoma City would all of a sudden think about getting rid of the Thunder. It is because they have stayed in the realm that they have been in since they have went to the Western Conference Finals and then ultimately the finals going against LeBron and the Heat at the time and getting beat and then constantly making playoff runs, constantly making playoff. It wasn't like they made that appearance in the finals and then they, they haven't made the playoffs in the year since and KD has left. And Russ, all he do, all he look like he doing is just stat padding and, and, and going for individual success. You have consistently been in the playoffs. You have consistently been in that running of teams who can take off or who might get beat out depending on the competition that they face. Right. What in the world would tell a city to say, all right, we gonna get rid of a winning organization? No city would do that. Right. So I don't, you look I at don't it, see that happening. So you look at it like who's part of that who's part of that thing is saying this is why the this is why the team is is uh having the success and the and the the people who are behind it in that city are probably part of that reason. It's gotta be because they're more positive than negative. If everybody was walking around talking about trade rust, trade rust, trade rust before he hit the triple double season. You think he would've been hitting the triple double in an OKC uniform? You think he'd have resigned? So I think he gets more love than he do he do hate from OKC. And you've heard that in numerous interviews where he talk about how the organization is, how it is to play for the Thunder, and how you know how he feels and and, and the respect he has for the, the the team and everything in itself. But that man in the middle of frustration right now. That man in the middle of Man, I'm trying to get it done, and I'm trying. You know, the effort, you see the effort out there, whether it's he makes dumb mistakes here and there, whatever else. What I'm looking at is I look at an individual who's making the effort. Right. To try, to, to try and do something for his team, because I don't think he out there trying to tank to go home. Nah, so hell no. Nah. Is, that, is, that, is that the flip side that the haters is, is saying with, <laughs> oh man, they just need, we need to get rid of him and he shouldn't do this and don't shoot. You need to be encouraging him to shoot. You need to be talking about, man, it's going to fall, keep shooting. Keep shooting, keep doing your thing. Keep doing what you do. You got to feel your game. It's the only way they're going to get hot. You got to feel That's your the only game. Way. <laughs> and it, it's, the people, it's a lot of people who sit out here and I'm sure we all are guilty of it, but it's a lot of people who just, that's their that first approach to watching the game is they think they got the PlayStation control in their hand. Yeah. And, it's, I, and, I, I, and, I, I, and the reason they losing and the reason that shit's going wrong is because the game glitching. Oh, it's something wrong. 
oh man, your Wi-Fi is lagging. It's all kinds of excuses we have when we lose, when we get our ass beat on the game. Right. But what's the excuse when you're sitting there and you, you take that same mentality as to watching these guys who got real life shit going on? If you if you in a if you in a what a five game uh, road trip <laughs> and you ain't been home in a, in a week and a half, <laughs> it's, at some point I'm tending to think you some night one of them games gonna be an off game. One of them games gonna be a low scoring game. You ain't finna have all five where you just shine unless you James Harden and you trying to put the step back and all of that to use and you trying to 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 sprint ahead of everybody else to be the leader of the pack to set yourself apart but you ain't talking that for all every player in the NBA so some of these guys don't have an off night some of these guys get frustrated some of these guys don't have the best approach at it at the moment but you can't sit there and, and take back everything that they've ever done and all the other accolades up to that point because of that bad point because what you're sitting there saying is, is we should be able to turn the other cheek except when it comes to everybody else except me. Right. I I should be able I should be able to do get away with what I want to and do what I want to, but nobody else can do that. Nobody else get to act that way. Nobody else get to be pissed. And that's just kind of the wrong approach. I agree with that point too, man, because you know, everybody got a right to be upset within themselves, man. But I tell you like this, bro. You can okay, so I say it like this, and this is kind of just moving away from that whole subject with the city and the um, and the fans. I say like with the NBA media and with the way the game has evolved. I say the number one reason, the biggest reason of it all, why Russ gets the the rhetoric he gets and why he gets treated the way he gets treated, is because of his old school mentality, a way of playing basketball. See, right now the NBA and everybody in it. They want that new point guard like Steph Curry. They want that NBA superstar. They want that dude that can shoot from that logo and surprise these kids. And what that's doing is ruining the whole concept of the game. Like basketball ain't just about shooting from the from the three-point line or just shooting from the half-court line. Like now Russ is getting hated on because of his shooting ability, simply because of the fact that Steph Curry and that does that. Like so you got a, a ton of fans that say, well, if Steph Curry can shoot the ball from half court, then my favorite point guard needs to be able to do that too. Yeah, so now, do that. why came Dame ain't doing that? And then now you got James Mitchell ain't doing that. You know, yeah. Yeah, so now James Harden just shooting three, shooting three, shooting three. James Harden used to have, his game was much better than that. James Harden used to drive to the cup. He used to dunk on cats. He used to have them flashy passes out of the paint. Now all he do is just that weird, Step back, step back, step shot, back. Right. And so the point of it all is is with them doing this, man, and with them looking at Curry and, and trying to make people shoot like him all the time, it's put the other point guards in a bad it put him in a bad light, man. Like Look at Ben Simmons. Oh, Ben can't shoot. Ben can't shoot. He got to be able to shoot. He can't shoot. Look at Giannis. Oh, Giannis can't shoot. Giannis got to be able to shoot. Look at Russ. Russ can't shoot. Russ got to be able to shoot. He can't shoot. That's because of the numbers and them damn analytics. And what they looking at is is more shots. If if, If you got somebody like a Steph Curry who basically has changed the way you look at a shooter because when he's purely in the mode of shooting yeah I mean shit nobody is gonna probably match his output versus his you know make miss percent percentage right so you you got everybody else and all the analysts of the game you got all the critics of the game and everybody who commentate and all of that stuff you got them playing the numbers game now and you got them quoting more numbers in the in the assessment of a game or in a summary of a game or what their viewpoint is on something versus true gameplay because if you I look at it like this you put Steph Russ Dame you put your top five point guards have them do a, the skills challenge that the rookies do 
and All Star and uh, and All Star Weekend. You have them do that, but do it over like a, a true testing thing would be like um like what's the uh, the thing to do the science shit or whatever they where they kind of analyze they break down the the mechanics and the, and the numbers. Oh, yeah. and all I know you're talking about b-ball breakdown do that stuff all the time I think you're talking like about. that but have them do that with the with the express reason of seeing where they are strong and where they are weak and right. then let's see who's who who's who of the the top five point guards who's got this who's got that who can pull up off the dribble who can drive to the basket who can do all of this stuff you know that's the stuff that they don't look at in the game anymore because of Steph Curry and the astronomical numbers because he makes more than he misses versus every other guard who's sitting there they jack him up and they have their streaks they have they they got their spots they got their way that they play it's just how they flow it's not a whole oh man I'm just I practice shooting 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 solely it's because Steph ain't the one gonna be driving to the basket all the time for the Warriors. Steph ain't the one gonna be just dunking on nobody if, if he going hard and he keep getting contested. He not doing what Kyrie do on a consistent basis. You see what I'm saying? He don't do what Russ do and accelerate or, or stop and go or turn and pull up at, at the drop of a dime. He don't do that all the time because he has too many other weapons. He has too many other things at his disposal. He has right. to be a point guard, so he can't. He don't get to play hero ball on a on a squad where that's really gonna be frowned upon because you don't have to do it. James right. Harden was in a position in the uh, season at one point where he had to play that way. He had to shoot. He had to right. right, right. But that to me is per individual. You look at everybody else, and you look at how they. You look at. You take Steph and you look at everybody else. Everybody else got some other things that they pull out of their game on a nightly basis that Steph don't have to pull out. But right. you got the you got the analyst who judge it from a number standpoint, looking at it like, man, oh, because of these because they have such a low percentage or a low, you know, field goal attempt to to make and miss ratio, you sitting there looking at him like, well, what are you talking about? He was you know, he hit five of eight. He did, you know, he got to the line. He had some assists. He was trying to facilitate. The shit just wasn't working. You know, sometimes you, when you don't see a person play hero ball, it's because they, they must be using their brain. When they don't go into that, okay, it's LeBron, clear everybody out the way mode. It's because LeBron playing with rookies and old vets. It's because it's he's pretty much, all right, I got to make something happen because if I leave it in their hands, it's either a turnover or we're not going to get no points. I'd rather turn it over or miss than them. <laughs> that's the, that's his, probably his, that's probably his approach to it. But you look at it with everybody else, man, they, they play in a flow. They play off of the rhythm of the game. Steph kind of don't have to do that sometimes. He, he got his, his games where everybody probably going to go at him and push him hard and D him up. But most of the time, he got to step back himself. Plus, he's accurate. When have you seen him just real? When have you he accurate? <laughs> he real accurate. You're right. He him and um, uh, CJ McCollum. I seen that firsthand. CJ McCollum accurate as shit, boy. He it's like he's so precise at that basket, man. You know, like it's, not, it's hitting nothing but the bottom third of the net when it's falling through. You know what I'm saying? It's just. Yeah, I was. You hearing that consistently, man? I mean, I mean, and that's what they want a pro to do. They don't want a pro to come in to the to the little workouts and the little shoot arounds and all of that, and you call yourself trying to stay on the team or make the team and everything rattling. They yeah. want your shot fluid. These yeah, boys, that's crazy, man. These boys that you name, man, they they dropping them like raindrops. You know what I'm saying? They they got the KD like shots, but they ain't KD height. Well, I will say. I will say this, bro. I will say this, man. I said this in the podcast before with Stacy, man, in one of the Thunder Thoughts podcasts. The reason why the game has evolved the way it has is because there there is no more hoopers. You know what I'm saying? Like Russ, he is a hooper, and when you have a hooper, and 
you get people around him that really love the game, you turn them into hoopers. And those hoopers tend to have the best seasons of their lives when they're playing with other hoopers. Curry, James Harden, all these guys, man, that do all that shooting and all that extra shit, Damian Lillard, these guys are NBA superstars. They're not hoopers. These guys are showmen. They're out there to make that big shot and to wow the crowd and sell the tickets and, you know, the dramatic exits and entrances and all that kind of shit. Like, you got to be a hooper to win. And KD was a hooper. Russ is a hooper. And if you look at the squad, all these guys are having the best seasons of their lives this season because they all started hooping with each other. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. You got guys who they changing their game up coming out of college in a year to try and be what they think the league wants them to be instead of playing to their skills. That's what that's that's basically what you see now. Is you don't this and that's it's kind of supporting what you're saying is yeah. The, the reason you ain't seeing hoopers no more is because hoopers are changing their mentality going into the draft declaring they self-eligible for the draft and saying, oh, no, I'm going to go ahead and go pro. I'm going to put myself in the draft this year. Or I'm, you know, one and done and all of this kind of stuff. What do you think Zion is sitting there doing right now? Do you think Zion is going to get drafted to whoever squad he plays on and be let loose like he was playing in Duke? Hell no. And change his game as much as he is trying to change his game and his mind himself to try and set himself apart and at the same time be wanted, be a commodity, and be highly touted so he gets them big contracts, so he gets all them looks. That's what he's doing right now. He's probably trying to sharpen the skills he have, but he's he's telling himself, I gotta be what they looking for. I gotta do what they want. I gotta do it how they how they how they want it to be. Oh, you'll fit with this person because he didn't talk to these people and all of these folks then got in his face and in his ear and it had been passed through different channels and communicated through, through different ways. Oh, this you'll play perfect with this person from I'm sure all 32 teams because everybody might feel like they 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 got the the one in a million chance but the front runners who got the chance at him boy you think they ain't been talking to him you think they ain't been showing him the matchups and what moves they trying they plan on making they telling his agent if if not anything else so his people probably got him watching film and all kinds of shit right now that's the thing i look at is you got these guys changing up for themselves this is you know it's kind of like the boxer mentality You'll see a boxer go in and, boy, he'd wing-ding some fighters for four or five fights. He'd be really throwing some haymakers and shit in the ring. And then when he get the payday fight he'd been shit-talking for for years, he, he don't show up. He's sitting there in his shell like a little baby-ass turtle some damn way and don't come out for the fight. He just show up for the check. And it's like, man, you talked all this shit for years and said all the shit you was going to do. And we watched you dog walk people who we thought was going to really give you a run. And then when you got the chance, you turtle up. That's the right, same type of thing. So now you got these guys to work. They play in a butter rim in college. And they, they, they got athleticism out the ass, got pure skill out the ass. But the minute they get in here, oh, yeah, no, you're a wingman and you're a shooter. No, we need you to start lifting and put on about 35, 45 pounds of muscle and do this and do that. And you sitting there, you looking at him like, well, damn, why you ain't just, you know, let him progress for a year naturally and see where he at. Right. See what he look like. Let him, let him be airball Kobe so you know what you need to do in order for him to work in this system. Quit t- having them change their shit up now telling them, oh, you need to be a shooter. You need to be in the gym shooting 200 shots and 300 shots and all of this shit. And it's like, man, that ain't really my game. My game was was kind (laughs) of below the elbow, right off the block, (laughs) right in that little zone right there. I cut to the cup or or I set the pick and I move out and I I take the shot. That's where I got a lot of my bread and butter. It's guys like that out there. They can yep. play, they can the role. Them, but they like, man, I wasn't the go-to guy. I was just the role player. So now you're trying to get me in the the, the mentality of, now I got to be the go-to guy and I got to be on. I ain't, I, I'm not ready for all that. 
And that's how, that's why it's a lot of people who should still be in the league ain't in the league because they got changed up. They got used wrong. They got hold up. And, it and that's what that, it either shut their game down or it exposed that they had no game. You know, that's that's what that, that's where that confidence comes in. Like when you hear them saying, "Oh, I was just shooting with confidence tonight. I was playing with confidence." Well, that's where that that's where that comes in. When you give them an opportunity to play their game, they gonna play as confident as they possibly can. But once you start putting all them extra ideas in their heads and tell them that they should do this and maybe you should move the ball this way and do that, they lose that confidence, man. And then they go two for seventeen. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it, it's, it's, it's crazy, bro. It's crazy. And you show right on that situation, man. But look, I tell you what, man. Hey, it's been real, bro. I'm so glad you called me today. We had this conversation, man. We done been on this sucker for about an hour or so. I done had two sponsor drops and everything. <laughs> so, hey, it feel good to be able to talk to you, bro. I hate that I didn't get the opportunity to share my trip down to uh, OKC with you, man. We could have went down there and, and told Chilligan's Island apart, you hear me? <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> That's all right. we'll, get, we'll get an opportunity again. We'll get, yeah, we'll right. get a chance. We're going to go, man. It's going to be me, you, and the boys, man. Like me, you, Reese, and BJ can go down there and actually watch a game, man, and, and kick it for a whole weekend, go eat at the restaurants, and go chill in Bricktown. I, I know I didn't even tell you, man, but I got to let you see the pictures and everything. I, I did actually get something about a mayor, and I met uh, Mayor Holt and everything, man. And I, man, I'm, I'm going to say I watched that whole video, so I, yeah. I I got the recap of it anyway, but shit, I knew I'd catch up with you sooner or later. So that was awesome, bro. And I wanted to put the pictures, a whole bunch of the pictures I took on there, but for some odd reason, like, I, I don't know how to use my laptop software yet. Like, I've been working at it because I do these Sims videos and stuff, but I didn't want to mess it up, you know, because I was really excited and really proud about that little video. So I took it to the PS4 share factory or whatever, and it wouldn't format my pictures. It kept saying my, my pictures wouldn't format. Why, I don't know. But it was like one, two in the morning, man. So I was just like, forget it. And I just threw that sucker together and called it a day. But I do got a bunch of um, pictures on Twitter, man. You, I don't know why your ass ain't on Twitter, dude. You need to be on Twitter, man. You could be on there talking with us and stuff on there too, man. You know what I'm saying? I think years ago, I tried to start it with my name. And I don't, I think it's, I don't know if it, uh, I, don't know, I probably forgot my password or I changed phones or something. And I, well, I never signed back into that thing. I just never really tripped off of it and gave a fuck about it for real like that. I was just like, yeah, whatever. Well, I tell you what, man, you should create you another account, man. You know, go on, follow me. And um, a whole bunch of my followers will follow you. They find out you're my brother. And you know what I'm saying? They hear the podcast and everything. It's a bunch of them that'll follow you, man, because I actually got some pretty damn good followers, man. You know, um, I don't always agree with all my followers and they don't always agree with me, but at the same time, you know, we all, we are in our own comfort zone though, you know, and it feels good because we all root for the same squad. So I appreciate all of them, you know what I'm saying? And I'm sure if, if you got on there with me and, and put your name on there, you know, and everything, they appreciate you too, because we always talk sports and basically my insight is just like yours. So they're, they're love to hear it from both of us. You know what I'm saying? Plus, it also it help get my credibility right, man. Because I know a lot of these people, they young on Twitter, and they be thinking I just be talking stuff, man. They don't realize how old we are and all the shit I've been through in my life, like all the stuff I've done. You know what I'm saying? Like all the stuff I've done for the city and the community, and creating that the youth organization. And you know what I'm saying? Like they don't, they really don't know, bro. And when you mention that. Some of them kind of, you, you get that feeling like some of them think you're just talking stuff, just trying to live a Twitter life, you know what I'm saying? And yeah, uh, yeah. just don't know the grind we done been on, man. They don't know all the mute, the, rec, the record label. And, like a lot of them, they don't know. And I be saying stuff like, you know, I'm on the record label for about five, six, maybe seven years. And, you know, and then you could tell that when they respond, they think, oh, this dude just talking shit. Like they just don't know, bro. Like, <laughs> like honestly, we, it was a different time too, so a lot of shit we was doing we just didn't document, and wasn't on social media like that. You know, it wasn't right. social media shit to really say, "Oh man, let's do this and let's put make sure we put these on Facebook and all of this shit." Oh, by, the yeah. we, by the time we was into that at that stage in that era, we was just like, 
we don't want to do shit unless it's going to be some legit and some good quality shit. We don't just put right. everything out there. Now, they, 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 people want access. They want to into your life. So they want you to go live when you ain't brushed your teeth yet. You know what I'm saying? They, <laughs> that's the kind of shit that they want to see. They want to see, they want to see when you, you like Kodak, when you just right. wake up with some, some dumb shit, just start talking out the side of your neck. Yeah. And you, 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 you sitting there, you, you know, next thing you know, your, your Instagram and your Twitter is buzzing because motherfuckers is at you. Yeah. You know, so that's the era that they in, we in now, you know, but we just came from a different era where the, the social media was through the network of people who knew people, you know, so. It was word of mouth. You, you knew you didn't want it to get back to certain circles, you know, yeah. now. If you don't want people to know about it, don't post about it. Don't talk about it. And that's hard for these young people to do. It's hard for these people to not take a selfie, not post, not talk shit on who they pissed at, not threaten whoever on whatever platform they own because that's what they know. That's how they was trained. Where we would, we was like, shit, no, that's witnesses and snitches. I don't need all that extra shit. I'm saying because you know we'll pull up on your ass. Don't don't uh, <laughs> don't get that shit twisted. Your ass will be walking home from work and we'll be sitting on your motherfucking front porch. Why am I gonna tweet and talk shit and tell you post your location, nigga? I'm looking at you right now. I'm finna walk across the street right now. <laughs> man, they hey, they don't know, bro. Like that's why I be so chill, so cool, man. Because Lord knows I probably should be in jail or dead or. If not that, we should be rich and famous or something. You know what I'm saying? That's something we should be right now, you know? <laughs> we'll, figure, we'll figure something out before it gets too long. As long as we breathe and we can still make some money off of it. Shit, look at Stan Lee and uh, all of them. Oh. <laughs> and he even had a cameo in every damn Avengers movie, man. It's shit. He went out with his last cameo being his, being the one in the, in the last movie, I guess, as far as he knew. You hear me? Next phase starts, so he was what, 80 something? Straight genius, bro. Straight genius. That's that's yeah. all it was, man. Just yeah. dude was a genius, dog. We we got till we ain't here no more. So shit, I figured, hey, something will pop sooner or later. It's just whatever we gotta make a push at. So if like that's what people who know, and for anybody who is listening, I'm sure you got something that's a passion. I'm sure you got something that you you it's just more than just a little hobby. It's more than just a dream. It's something you actually see a pathway through. Don't give up on the shit. That's the best thing I can tell you is, as a person on the outside looking in and not knowing the inner workings of anything that you off into or you involved in. You can't give up on the shit. I mean, I'm, I'm a living witness to my bro right here and yeah. the shit he, that he do. So, yeah. hey, trust me. I done got my hands dirty helping on the ground up process of a lot of this shit. So right. Right. I got I got just as much invested in the, the emotion of wanting to see it succeed and wanting to see it thrive and prosper. But the worst thing you could you do is if you give up on your dream, you can't expect that somebody else gonna carry it on. Yep. That's just that's just the craziest shit in the world. It's it's like I tell people, I can't be more enthused than you are about your pay, your job, your money, <laughs> something that you got you happy about. I shouldn't be happier than you about the shit. If I'm happier than you are about something for you, there's something wrong with you. Yep. There's something wrong with you. And, and trust me, I'm, it's probably a lot of, it's a lot of famous people who are in that position right now because yep. everybody around them are happier for their money than they are. <laughs> or, That's or more grateful or more thankful for them being better off and well off and able to take care of shit and do shit than they are about the shit because they look at it as a stress and a burden while it's all the hangers on and everybody who lingering around and that's not to say everybody who be in your circle is leeches but you all know you can recognize the leech when you see one you could just everybody everybody know the blunt monkey because the blunt monkey don't don't bring no weed yep <laughs> That's 100, though. You just said it, man. Hey, and I'm going to end it on that, bro. And I'm going to end it in the famous words of uh, the late, great Nipsey Hussle, man. Hey, hustle and motivate. That's just, a, that's just what it is. You know what I'm saying? 
Hey, and I appreciate you coming, you know, giving me that call, bro, and hollering at me, man. You know it's our love. Um, hey, hey, that's what it is, man. Triple OG podcast. And then also, I got to get with you too, man, because um, we still I, we still got some stories and stuff we got to do. You know what I'm saying from uh from our past, from Triple OG stories and everything. So, you know, I'm gonna catch up with you on that one, and we're gonna get that done too, man. You know, it, it never stops. You know. It's all love, bro. I'm so glad you called me, man. I really am. All right. 100. I appreciate you. All right, bro. Hey, have a good day at work and everything, man. And uh, you'll get the link. And and join Twitter, man. Join Twitter. I'm telling you, bro, my followers will love you, man, for real. So. I'm late. You know? Y'all going to have to wait for my handle until after I create the shit. <laughs> I'm gonna jump on it, so. Well, that's what it is, man. That's my brother, Brew Hefner, Brew M. Hefner, man. And uh, this your this your big homie, man, Bobby Dollars. And uh, it's been a Triple OG podcast, and I appreciate everybody, man. Y'all have a good day.